Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is August 19th, 2022, and this is Generation Z's Kraken segment. Uh, this is going to be a weekend report, as we've already done one earlier on in the week. Uh, we also published an episode yesterday with Dave and I doing a joint scientific surface level analysis of some stories that I could have included in the Kraken, but kept that separate for our own segment there. But so today's episode, we're going to get right into it. We're going to continue on from where I left off earlier on in the week. So it's going to be a bit of a heavy dose of um, global health concern topics, and then some uh, other things going on in the world. But I'm going to go more so at a faster pace today, uh, at least do my best for that. So Without further ado, let's get started. Let me just share my screen. Okay, so right off the bat, we have the United States CDC announces reforms after poor COVID response. This is a massive story. The CDC said that it did not reliably meet expectations during the coronavirus pandemic and has released plans for reform. The head of the top public health agency in the U.S. on Wednesday announced a shakeup of the organization, saying it fell short while responding to COVID-19 and needs to become more nimble. CDC leaders call it a reset. Is it a great reset, perhaps? And it comes amid criticisms of the agency's response to COVID-19, monkeypox, and other public health threats. The changes include internal staffing moves and steps to speed up data releases. Well, yes, uh, this is good to see. I hope that they are all held accountable for the damages that they have caused. Clearly, the responses were not proper and justified. And I'll, that's pretty much all I can say without uh, teetering on the precipice of uh, the censorship that we're dealing with on YouTube. But to substantiate that vague um thought I just tried to express. Here we have two articles back to back from Science Tech Daily. The first one, stricter COVID-19 policies associated with negative mental health effects. Research suggests that stricter COVID-19 measures are associated with negative mental health effects and a lower opinion of the government's pandemic response. Not too surprised about this. The next article, from August 17th, so just two days ago, social isolation increases your risk of dementia by 26% and shrinks your brain. And what were we told during the entire time of the pandemic? To stay home, don't see anybody, isolate yourself. And well, are perhaps those uh, the pandemic response is resulting in 25% in risk of dementia for everybody. Yikes. But very curious to see what comes up from the CDC uh, reforming themselves. Next up, we have a new COVID-19 booster targeting Omicron, original variants approved in the United Kingdom. British drug regulators have become the first in the world to authorize an updated version of Moderna's coronavirus vaccine that aims to protect against the original virus and the Omicron variant. They're calling this a bivalent vaccine and will be used in the adult booster shots. 
yeah, I don't really know how much I can say about all of this. I've personally uh, gone really deep into understanding what the boop boops are and, and all that. And um, yeah, we're going to save that because maybe I'll do a deeper dive on a specific episode about the pandemic narrative and everything we've been told about the um, voluntary medical injections and the realities of them. Next up, we have about 4,000 beagles destined for drug experiments are finding new homes. Okay, well, that's uh, a cute image, at least. Uh, beagles are looking for homes after animal rescue organizations started removing them from a Virginia facility that bred them to be sold to laboratories for drug experiments. Now, does the article tell us who the drug experiments are for? In May, the U.S. Department of Justice sued Envigo RMS LLC alleging animal welfare act violations in the facility in Cumberland, Virginia. In June, parent company Inotiv Inc. said it would close the facility. And in July, Envigo settled with the government without paying any fines. Inotiv did not respond to a request for comment. And so the article does not really tell us much. But what do we have here? From July 15th, uh, MSN. Fauci cancels $1.8 million drug testing on Beagle puppies. Under fire from foes of federal animal testing, the agency headed by COVID-19 SAR, Anthony Fauci, has canceled a plan to start new tests of allergy medicine on beagles, some as young as six months old. Hmm. And of course, they say uh, Fauci was barking up the wrong tree when he decided to use government dollars on dog testing. These inhumane practices have no place in our government, much less on the taxpayer's dime. Thankfully, after voicing our concern and shining a light on these heinous tactics, taxpayers can rest easy knowing their hard-earned money is not going towards dog abuse. There's a hashtag on Twitter, and it was called BeagleGate. Yeah, people are definitely going to get more fired up when you find out that uh, health officials are involved in uh, dog cruelty. It seems like they care more about that than, than human cruelty. Humans are weird. But on to the next one. Majority of people with Omicron don't know they have it. Source, a study. A new study has found that more than half of people infected with the Omicron variant of COVID-19 were unaware they had it. For curiosity's sake, what is the article? From Original Investigations, Awareness of SARS-CoV-2 Omicron Variant Infection Among Adults with Recent COVID-19 Seropositivity. I'm not going to bore you guys by going through this article right now, but I'm going to be keeping this in my back pocket to review it because when articles like this simply just say study and this is the premise, well, you really have to look into who did the who did the study, who was funding it, what the actual study says, and not just relying on the news to tell us what the study says. But the point of this article is, to me, a sense of deja vu. Because if we were to go back to the original COVID-19 pandemic narrative that we were being told in late 2019, I, I, I remember there being articles telling us, what is the can you tell a difference between having the flu and this new virus? No, unfortunately, they're pretty much the same. So here we have it again. Um, the latest strain, or at least one of the latest strains, you don't even know you have it. 
Yeah. So the next one, now this is interesting just to include this in uh, the Kraken, although it's not super recent, but it is from January 11th, 2002. Pfizer to make foray into gene editing. Expand mRNA tech in 2022. This is from Yahoo Finance. And the article says that Pfizer may be the most recognized COVID-19 vaccine brand, but that's due in part to its collaboration with BioNTech. It's why the company recently announced they're expanding their partnership to create more mRNA V-words. But that isn't all Pfizer is up to for 2022. The company also announced a deal with Codex DNA to improve production of its vaccines and a $1.3 billion deal with gene editing biotech Beam Therapeutics, as presented at the J.P. Morgan Annual Healthcare Conference Monday. J.P. Morgan Healthcare. Sounds like they would have our best interest at heart and not the best interest of their pockets. But uh, yeah, so this is very mainstream news. Um, and just going to be quoting from the CEO of Pfizer at the uh, conference. But beyond the mRNA platform, Pfizer also has its focus on newer technologies such as gene editing. But I almost guarantee you that if you were to do a search on fact checkers, they would say that, no, 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 these have nothing to do with gene editing. It just is a it just happens that the company is also interested in gene editing in gene editing, but it has nothing to do with the experimental medical injections. On to the next one. From Al Jazeera, Kim Jong-un claims victory over COVID, blames South Korea. North Korean leader lifts pandemic restrictions as senior officials say death toll of 74 is an unprecedented miracle in world health. That is impressive, I suppose. Uh, presiding over a meeting with healthcare workers and scientists, Kim announced that a victory in the war against the malignant pandemic disease. His powerful sister, Kim Yo-jong, also spoke at the Pyongyang meeting, blaming the outbreak on anti-Pyongyang leaflets flown across the border by activists from South Korea. I also, uh, there was an article that we covered previously, uh, maybe a week or two ago, how there, uh, North Korea was calling it an alien virus. And as we see here, the leaders, the, the sibling of the leader of North Korea is blaming it on anti-government leaflets that flew in from South Korea. Now that's quite the uh, transmission and quite the uh, explanation as well. But good for North Korea. Maybe they just weren't testing people because, you know, a little insider secret, if you don't take the tests, you can't test positive. On to the next one. White House announces steps to boost monkeypox vaccine supply. The FDA has issued emergency authorization for a dosage technique that would allow more shots of vaccine per vial. Where... Oh, uh, emergency authorization. Where have we heard that one before? The old EUA, emergency use authorization. So they want to put more shots of the, of the jab in each vial. 
The United States Food and Drug Administration, a federal health agency, has announced emergency use authorization, the EUA, for a monkeypox vaccination method that, method that could expand the availability of doses. They could increase the vaccine availability by up to five-fold. That's availability, though. That's not necessarily what is going to be going in the vials. They're not going to increase the doses, but maybe, but I don't think so. But just a reminder for everybody that monkeypox is transmitted through, quote, close, personal, often skin-to-skin -skin contact, according to the CDC. And men who have sex with men have been disproportionately affected by the virus. But health officials have stressed that anybody can be affected. However that works, I honestly don't really know. I I do not know how that that logic is still floating about, but on to the next one and I think that we've only got yeah, two more in the in this the CV topic I know, but just crushing through it and then we'll get to some more fun stuff. From pandemic heroes to underpaid workers, UK bus drivers revolt. When COVID-19 was raging, they received tokens of gratitude. Now they are offered paltry pay rises as inflation soars. Now this, uh, right off the bat, just the whole concept of we're all in, we're in this together and the nurses get completely thrown under the bus, pun intended, especially in Canada, in the United States, especially if you didn't want to take a jab uh, and then you get fired and then the government's bring in temporary foreign workers to replace them. And yeah, uh, there's also a lot of issues right now with hospital shortages, with not enough staff, people are leaving, the, the front care, the frontline workers feel underappreciated and targeted and, and all that. So uh, this uh, extends over to the bus drivers because yeah, they also had to go to work every day wearing a mask and dealing with all of that social distancing and being afraid of catching it on the bus and all that stuff. So, yeah, uh, I just want to point out this guy's got a solved Rubik's Cube and props to him. For those that are only listening, I'm referring to the image that is the headline in this article featuring striking bus drivers outside the Arriva Northwest office on East Bank Street in Southport of the United Kingdom. Next up from Al Jazeera, and this is an older article from May 2022, but I found it as a related article on the first one we covered where the CDC is announcing reforms after the poor COVID response. One of the related articles that you can keep reading is that overdose deaths in the United States hit a record 107,000 people last year, the CDC says. So the article explains more than 107,000 Americans died of drug overdoses last year, 2021, setting another tragic record in the nation's escalating overdose epidemic, according to the CDC. The provisional 2021 total marked a 15% increase from the previous record set the year before. And then you can see these, oh, wow, keep reading. Johnson Johnson to pay $230 million in New York opioids case. U.S. judge to U.S. judge to decide how much pharmacies owe over opioid crisis. West Virginia says J&J drug makers cause tsunami of addiction. So just, you know, the people that are paying attention to this are paying attention 
where we know that somebody goes to a hospital for something, they test positive, and then all of a sudden it's a specific case of a specific pandemic that we're looking at, completely overshadowing the real reason they went there, potentially for uh, a drug addiction. Or maybe they started to get into drugs as a result of the isolation that they were dealing with, as we're seeing in this article that we covered in the first minute of this. Stricter COVID-19 policies associated with negative mental health effects. Social isolation increases your risk of dementia by 26%. And we can go a whole deep dive on all the science that is explaining why the pandemic response was going to have devastating effects not just economically, but mentally, spiritually, emotionally. But this is, this is very disturbing. It's very unfortunate. But as uh, we see here, the last part of the article, experts say the COVID-19 pandemic has exacerbated the problem as lockdowns and other restrictions isolated with these drug addictions make treatment harder to get. And is this... Okay, and now here's an Al Jazeera story from May 6th asking, what's the true toll of CV-19? But it doesn't tell us more about that, and we're just going to leave that there. Next up, in the so that was the end of the CV stuff. Now we're moving on to the just more regular Kraken stories. United Kingdom to pay victims of decades-old tainted blood scandal. The $121,000 payment to each victim is an interim one before a continuing inquiry inquiry concludes. Tainted blood. Thousands of people in Britain infected with HIV and hepatitis C through contaminated blood transfusions will receive a compensation payment decades after the scandal, according to the UK government. This is not a... Ugh, that is rough. The payment of 121,000 American to each victim is an interim one after Brian Langstaff, the chairman of a public inquiry into the long-running scandal, last month recommended make, making immediate payouts before waiting for a continuing inquiry to conclude. The former high court judge said that the that quote the moral case for compensation is beyond doubt. So this is from the 1970s, 80s, and 90s. Thousands of people with hemophilia contracted hepatitis C and HIV after receiving blood transfusions, mainly from the United States. Just messed up. That is, how, how does that happen? How does that happen? How does, I'm curious, how does blood get tainted? And then is it that... Uh, Due to a shortage, uh, as this article says, due to a shortage of blood products in Britain, the NHS bought much of its stock from U.S. suppliers, whose donors, including prisoners and other groups at high risk of infection, had been paid for their blood. Yeah, well, that's its own deep dive that we can get into on the Patreon side of things, because that's actually, you know, the, the black market trafficking of, of blood. And as we know, certain chemical compounds of certain chrome, adrenal-related topics, which not getting into here, but of course, and we're referring to the web browser. Next up, lack of help for Tigray crisis due to skin color, says WHO chief. The World Health Organization chief, 
says the situation in the northern Ethiopia region is the worst humanitarian crisis in the world and asks why it is not receiving the same attention as the Ukraine conflict. That's a very, very valid point. And the head of the WHO has described the man-made catastrophe in Ethiopia's Tigray region as the worst disaster on earth and questioned whether global reader, leaders have not responded due to the color of the skin of people in Tigray. Okay, I like the feistiness of this. I actually am glad that somebody in this position is calling this out. I just wonder if there is an underlying narrative behind why he's saying this, or if he is actually genuinely, like passionately upset about why there's so much more attention on Ukraine and Russia and not this crisis here. And um, I mean, I'm not going to do the whole like, what about, but there are a lot of uh, other situations that we could also refer to and easily say, well, Ethiopia, but you could also say Yemen, you could say, uh, you know, West Bank in Gaza, etc. But this is interesting. And I definitely look forward to seeing what comes from this. And if there is a meaningful dialogue or recognition, as we know in Canada, we're dealing with the Truth and Reconciliation Report, where the Canadian government and the Catholic Church were committed mass atrocities, uh, cultural genocide, residential schools, sexual abuse, all of that stuff. So we'll only see. Uh Okay, so we've only got a few more stories. I'm doing my best to breeze through it while uh, still giving a bit of insight. So not just reading the headlines, but I did have a strong cup of coffee right before recording. So I'm feeling a bit energized. Maybe you can tell. Next story, this is a, just kind of a, I facepalm when I read it. You can now tweet as you climb Mount Kilimanjaro thanks to new Wi-Fi network. The new broadband network will enable climbers to access reliable Wi-Fi internet up to an altitude of 12,200 feet. Okay, like, I suppose that this is useful in uh, instances of emergencies and if, like, if you need help, but what is the point of climbing to a, up a mountain if you're just going to be on your phone? It reminds me of how I went camping uh, about a month and a half ago and all of the campgrounds were right beside train yards. And no matter where you went, you were here in civilization. And it's like, what is the point of going camping to be out in nature if you're just going to be still connected to everything? But let's just read from this article here. Sam Barker who heads analytics at UK-based digital technology research firm Juniper Research, said having broadband on the mountain is significantly better than trying to set up a 4G mobile internet network. Says, traditionally, installing fiber optic cable has been plagued by the presence of existing infrastructure and having to work around buildings or other network infrastructure. Well, true. I hope that the Wi-Fi and all that doesn't disrupt nature and does not disrupt the pristine essence of being up on a mountain. Just like, look at this picture. This is so silly. 
On to the next one. Speaking of silly, this is many layers of silly. Ontario mayor fires back at conspiracy theorists who try to arrest police officers. An Ontario mayor, province in Canada, had some harsh words for protesters who attempted to place local police officers under arrest Saturday. In a tweet published on Tuesday, the Peterborough mayor, Diane Terrien, called a group of protesters led by Canadian conspiracy theorist Romana Didulo F-wads and told them to F off. On Saturday, approximately 30 individuals assembled at a Peterborough police station after Didulo directed her followers to attempt to place officers under citizen's arrest. Okay, so let's go down here to explain who Romana Didulo is. Didulo, based out of Victoria, BC, uses the messaging app Telegram to communicate with a group of over 70,000 subscribers. Within this group and in videos online, Didulo has proclaimed herself Queen of Canada, Commander-in-Chief, and Head of State and Government, roles she claims were given to her by the U.S. military after Queen Elizabeth was executed. The group is opposed to COVID-19 mandates, and during the pandemic, under Didulo's direction, issued fake cease and desist orders to media outlets, politicians, and healthcare workers demanding they stop all health measures related to COVID-19. So the situation with Romana Didulo is actually, um, it's fun. And it's uh, on the same tangent of the 17th letter of the alphabet. She essentially, so I personally was auditing the Telegram channel when it first, when it first debuted. A friend of mine reached out and be like, hey, have you heard about this lady who's saying these things? And I was like, no, I hadn't. So I go into the Telegram group and I saw, like, I actually did a thorough, from my my own personal standards, a thorough audit of everything that she was saying, everything that she was doing, and I was keeping up to date with it. And it was fascinating, but it it felt very off and very strange. And I'm surprised that she is still going on doing this. She does say that she was um, endorsed by the same people that endorsed Trump. So she essentially there is some sort of acronym where it's like i am your donaldo or something like that and it was real uh her name ramona didulo and you add another like two or three letters to make a phrase it it can be rearranged as the the phrase i am your donaldo which is an anagram and it means that she's essentially the equivalent of donald trump for canada that's at least what she was going on and that's just a little bit of a, you know, of surface level explanation of her. I I was never passionate about her. I was very intrigued because people doing cease and desist orders taught and the timing of it. It's almost as if she knew when the news was going to be saying stuff and when the governments were going to be changing their policies, but lifting mandates, putting them back on. And it's almost as if she had the script and was capitalizing on it. But maybe if people are interested, we can do a dive into who Ramona Didulo is and just give some heads up on that. But yeah, interesting to see the mayor go go so uh, aggressive about this, though. But okay, on to the next one. NASA's new moon rocket reaches launch pad for flight around the moon. The Artemis program will mark the first time the United States has traveled to the moon in 50 years. 
is it really the first time that they're going to the moon in 50 years? What do you guys think? What do you think about the moon landing and all that? Did they go there? Did other countries go there? Are there bases on the moon? Are there glass domes on the moon? Um, have you ever looked into lunar, the uh, lunar uh, luminary phenomena? There's a lot of fascinating stuff about all this subject, but we'll see. One thing that I do want to uh, keep and uh, just put the idea out there for you is if you ever watch a rocket launch, so you see it goes vertical and then it goes sideways. Where is it going? What's going on with that? But I won't go further into that because it's probably going to be fact-checked or something like that. But hey, moving on. El Salvador extends state of exception as arrests hit 50,000. The government defends the measure as helping to dismantle terrorist structures amid criticism from human rights groups. Note their language here, extends state of exception. It's not a state of emergency, it's a state of exception. So El Salvador's Congress has approved a one-month extension to a state of exception used to round up alleged gang members as the chief of police announced more than 50,000 people had been detained under the extraordinary measures. 50,000 people? This sounds like quite the crackdown. Wow. I'm I'm actually like very surprised. I don't uh, know anything about what's going on in El Salvador, but let's see. President Nayib Bukele's administration imposed the state of exception in late March after dozens of people were killed in a single weekend of gang-related violence, and Bukele has defended the measure as key to tackling terrorists. We have strongly impacted the terrorist structures. Security Minister Gustavo Villatoro said in presenting the extension request to lawmakers, we have witnessed how Salvadorans were able to enjoy the safest vacations in history. 50,000 arrests, though. Okay, and I mean, obviously, we know from how much uh, Dave has done the reporting for us and providing some insight into all of this. You know, the, the government, how much are they responsible for these, uh, the, the gang violence, the intelligence agencies, this could all be, you know, they could have done all, been responsible for all of this, but now they're actually trying to reverse some of the damage that they've caused or been a part of. We really don't know. We don't have any boots on the ground there, but I'm fascinated and straight up impressed. I, okay, maybe I shouldn't say impressed, but Maybe that's fine. That is the right word. I am impressed that they have arrested that many people. I don't necessarily know if it's a good thing, but that's a lot. And okay, just before we move on, this last number here, that uh, armed gangs, which have been estimated to count some 70,000 members in their ranks, have terrorized El Salvador for decades, controlling swaths of territory and extorting and killing with impunity. So yeah, there very well could be a very real battle between gangs and the government. When the gangs and the government aren't working together, of course. But on to the final few articles of today's Kraken. Thank you so much for being here. And this is a devastating story for Canadians. And I personally am hoping that this is going to be eye-opening to the regular people that don't really pay attention to what's going on. But how such a 
disturbing concept is uh, seeping into their just regular programming. Advocates say use of NDAs should be banned in sexual misconduct settlements. In the wake of the Hockey Canada scandal, some advocates are calling for the use of non-disclosure agreements to be banned or restricted in settlement agreements in cases involving abuse. University of Windsor law professor Julie McFarlane is one of the founders of the Can't Buy My Silence campaign to end the use in, of NDAs in abuse cases. She says these agreements have often been used by organizations and companies under the guise of protecting the privacy of the victim. Uh, I'm going to agree and look no further than Jeffrey Epstein, um, the royal family, any other high-profile person, Jimmy Seville, uh, you know, Keelan Maxwell, uh, Wexner, all of those people that are involved with these things that, you know, there's they they use these NDAs to to protect. Um so I totally, I totally agree here, and I am intrigued to see what develops from this. And like I said, I, I really do hope that this provides an awakening to a lot of people that mostly pay attention to just sports, regular programming TV, and their job, and don't look more into what's going on. But it is very real and very unfortunate about the uh, sexual abuse situations that are plaguing um, youth sports, adult sports, and many other industries. Speaking of which, the Vatican shelves sexual assault probe into Cardinal Mark Ouellette. From the Canadian Press, August 18th, there is not enough evidence to open up a formal church investigation into sexual assault allegations against a prominent Quebec cardinal, Pope Francis declared on Thursday. Cardinal Marc Ouellette, an advisor to the Pope, has been accused of sexual misconduct in class action lawsuit filled earlier this week in Quebec Superior Court. A woman identified as F accused the cardinal, once considered a front runner to become Pope of several incidents of sexual assault between 2008 and 2010, including sliding his hand down her back and touching her buttocks at an event in Quebec City. So let's just, is there anything about NDAs in here? Um, well, according to court filings, the last communication between Survey and F took place on March 24th, 2021, they wonder why the Holy See waited until two days after the allegations were made public to give F an update on the investigation. And the class, there is a class action lawsuit here in which Ouellette is named includes 101 alleged victims who have accused about 88 priests of diocesan staff of sexual assault. So yeah, look no further than the Catholic Church for paying people off to stay quiet when they have experienced some pretty horrific stuff. And the last article we're looking at today is from CTV News. Vladimir Putin revives Stalin-era Mother Heroine Award for women with 10 children. Russian President Putin signed a decree on Monday that revived the Soviet-era Mother Heroine 
award for women with 10 children or more in an apparent attempt to alleviate a demographic crisis in the country. Originally, the honor was introduced by Joseph Stalin after the Second World War when the Soviet population plunged by tens of millions. The award stopped with the collapse of the Soviet, in 19, Soviet Union in 1991. Once it comes back into existence, a payment of 1 million rubles, which is 21,000 Canadian, will be given to Russian mothers since their 10th child turns one if all have survived. And according to the latest Rossstat statistics published this summer, Russia's population shrank by an average of 86,000 people per month between January and May. Well, right off the bat, my thoughts are that this is the opposite of a depopulation agenda. So this could be speaking volumes about the geopolitical landscape of the nationalist powers versus the globalist powers. If a leader of the country is deliberately trying to increase the population, that is by definition the opposite of a depopulation agenda, which seems to be uh, resurfacing after we saw the Georgia Guidestones get demolished, because as we know, they straight up said that the ideal population is 500 million. And we are at about 8 billion. So anyway, that is the Kraken for today, for August 19th. This will probably be published in the next couple of days. But thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate the support. Um, I will uh, send the links so that they are posted so that you can check out these new news articles yourselves. And thank you all for being here. Hope you have a great weekend. See you all soon.